state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Man, I'll tell you what, we had such a, a fun time at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas last week, but we missed out on our good friend George Blackard, Freedom Friday, so let's jump right into it here. George, great to see you. Hey, it's great to be back. It seemed like a long time. I wish we could have the whole crew with us down there at the SHOT Show. Maybe oh, yeah. uh, This thing keeps building bigger and bigger every year, though, so maybe eventually they'll they'll start shuffling some more passes our way. There and, you go. We can get the whole crew down there. <laughs> like, you know, like we, we took up two booths on Radio Row and instead of just one there you uh, go could we trust yeah. travis down there though yeah. uh you know what uh, what travis does in vegas stays in vegas <laughs> so yeah <laughs> we'd, oh, we'd have that, that'd be the hard part is who'd be running the show back here because uh, travis would be running things down in vegas on his own time <laughs> oh yeah yeah hey i do i have something before we get too deep into this so you know our friend greg morgan at knife river he's, oh, okay. he's donated tickets to concerts uh here a year or so ago, and then again here a couple of weeks ago. Saying, hey, I got and, concert tickets. You got a couple yeah, of vets who can use these. Exactly. That, yeah, that's and, awesome. And so, you know, I went and I talked to a couple of our friends. TJ was one of them. And, and uh, those guys just, they couldn't go, right? They're just like, ah, yeah, I don't know. So I didn't want to. TJ's probably not good with big crowds. Well, but, you know, <laughs> I, no, I don't think that's a problem. But, you know, I just, uh, it was kind of short notice. So I did find somebody that could use them. Except they said, well, will you go with me? And I was like, uh, I guess, sure, yeah. So I got to go to the show, thanks to Greg at Knife River. Uh, gave the tickets to this veteran. They said, come on, go with me. Oh, so, cool. Was this the Parker McCollum concert? No, this was Brian Adams. Oh, how was Brian Adams? It was really good. Wow. I, you know, I remember him when I was a kid You know, playing pool in, in Hayward, Wisconsin, while we were on a uh, camping and fishing trip. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I remember Brian Adams was the big song on the jukebox back yeah, then. And, you know, growing up in the 80s, he wasn't somebody I went out of my way to listen to. But two weeks ago, I felt like I was a teenager again, just kind of, you know, rocking to that. And the guy, he can bring it. So it was really good. It was a great show. So, uh, you know, hats off again to um, Greg at Knife River. Uh, sure appreciate that. That's incredible that he, that he does it. And and I know you do it for other folks, but uh, I got to say hats off to that friend of yours that said, George, yeah, I'll go, but I want you to go with me because you do so much for your other veterans. It's good to see folks say, no, George, you're going to enjoy this too, man. Well, that was, you're going to enjoy nice, this every I'm now and then you. too. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, again, Greg, thanks very much. And I know that was greatly appreciated. And he got to meet them and and everything while we were there too, so that was that was good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was. But there. you did go to Parker McCollum with your daughter. And I did. It's funny. We had all these friends. My wife and I were talking. To, oh, we're going to the Parker McCollum concert. I'm like, who is he? I don't even know who he is. But we're kind of out of the loop anymore. I know if I heard a few of his songs, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's yeah, who that, that guy yeah, is. Exactly. And that's kind of how you were. You were like, once you started hearing his songs, the name you were didn't like, mean anything to me. No, but then I listened to a couple songs. Like, oh, I know who this guy is. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but a great show. They did a great. Great job. Uh, there we go. There you Listen go. Travis on the, on the money with that one. There you go. Yeah. I'm excited. John Party uh, is doing a re. Well, he had to cancel last fall, but he's coming back uh, here in, well, less than two weeks. And uh, I'm excited for that one because he's got that 90s country sound to him. All right. Uh, the Navy lowers standards to boost their numbers. I want to get uh, Navy vet George Blackard's take after this. Here is your Montana news. The forecast for the upcoming fire season in the state is not promising. An El Nino weather pattern is pushing most of the precipitation to the southern half of the continental U.S. That leaves west for Montana and the northwest this winter and spring, followed by a hot and dry summer. 
Peter Christian with KGBO reports that the bark beetle infestation of 2008 to 15 killed half the trees in 5 million acres of national forest. Now that deadfall will be fuel for any wildfire, significantly increasing the destruction. It should be noted that this projection is for public forest land. Privately owned forest areas where the owners cleared their property of dead brush and timber will probably see less risk of fire damage. Really? Mr. Christian's source for this analysis and outlook? Dr. Peter Kolb of the University of Montana School of Forestry and the MSU Extension. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for Bozeman with high temperatures staying confined to the middle 40s, but partial sunshine expected for Billings with milder highs into the mid-50s. For tonight, staying dry for Billings, overnight lows to 34, but rain could mix with some snow showers late tonight for Bozeman, lows to 31. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Kim. Hey, I'll tell you what, if you guys missed Thursday's show in the 7 o'clock hour of Montana Talks, the great David Noble was in the house with us, usually every Thursday here on Montana Talks. We had a great conversation. We really talked about this story out of Glasgow, Montana. This child removed from her parents, put into a state care facility, and they're transitioning her. What's this, the real story there? We broke it down with great insight. Full audio on our Montana Talks podcast. Check out the app. Get it on your phone. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. So I was uh, joking with George Blacker during the break. He's our Navy veteran friend, of course. And, and uh, so, you know, of course, I want to get his take on this this big story about how the U.S. Navy is lowering their standards uh, to try to meet recruitment goals and try to boost their numbers. I don't know. Apparently, uh, things aren't going that well in the world, and we need more troops right now for some reason. <laughs> but I was joking with George during the break. I said, well, and, and they clearly didn't have enough standards before because they let you into the U.S. Navy. But no, just uh, all well, in good fun, of course. When they let but, me in, you know, they were still telling you, well, you can go to jail or join the military. That's so right. It, it was a different time, Aaron. That's right. That's right. So, so, you know, I, I should have I should have went through and seen all of the standards that they're lowering. One of the big ones that's that's taking some heat is they're no longer going to require a high school degree for Navy recruits. And you and I were talking earlier off air. I got to be honest, that one, I, I really don't care that much about that one. No, you know? I don't either. Because I'm like, I mean, George and I were talking. It's like, it's like, okay, so you don't have a high school degree. Like, it's it's great if you do. It's better if you do. I, I do not want to discourage kids to not get a high school degree or go get the with the GED or whatever they're calling the alternative mm -hmm. now. But but you know what? If you don't have a high school degree, don't you worry. That Navy chief is going to make sure that you are well educated. Uh, he's going to make sure, she's going to make sure you know exactly what your job's going to be. You're going to know how to do your job. They will educate you. Well, absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing. There are so many different jobs within the military that they'll find something for you to do. But see, here's, here's the risk to that. If you go in without a high school diploma, you're probably not going to get a guarantee of anything and they are going to put you wherever they want you to go so you may not have a choice in what you get to do but 
I don't think it's that bad of a thing for the military because then they're going to have people they can put wherever they need them to be and do whatever they need them to do. So, well, think about think about some incredible military soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines of the past: World oh. War One, World War Two. Uh, not only did they not have a high school degree, they lied about their age. They were 13, 14 years old, some of these service members, and and they performed admirably in our U.S. Armed Forces. And they lied about their age because that's how much they loved their country and wanted to serve or felt that they needed to join. And so, so uh, you know, again, um, you know, and especially some of these kids that, that may, be, may be a little bit of troublemakers in, in their youth. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe they need a bigger challenge. And maybe just sitting in a classroom all day isn't what these kids need. Maybe they need, you know, uh, somebody structuring them and telling them what to do. And they need a little physical activity. And, and they need a higher calling. Right. Absolutely. And that could be what they need. You know, it's uh, I know a lot of people, well, several that uh, are very bright and intelligent people that have done big things in the military and they didn't have a whole lot of education. But it's it's an opportunity, maybe. But and know, likewise, you've known some in the military who have a lot of education who weren't worth a darn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. We've all seen that, you know, if you've been there. But uh, yeah, it's an opportunity. And and here's the thing: that admiral that announced that when he announced this, he said, "I have the solution." To the recruitment problem. Oh, that's right. We talked about it back yeah, then. Yeah, we yeah. did. I have the solution. Yeah, the solution's lower standards. You know, it's and it wasn't just the education standards. It was health standards, yeah. fitness standards. That's it, where it's, it that's was, the ones that are really concerned. Exactly, because that one really matters. And uh, across the board, though, and I thought, that's not really a solution. That's just, you know, giving in because you have to, because you don't have any other answers. Yeah, exactly. And... And, you know, even on the, the physical fitness part, okay, even if you're not the most physically fit kid, they can train you up, they can get you into it, but 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 I tell you what, it's it's a it's a lot more of a challenge to keep you physically fit if it's not already uh, a lifestyle for you, too. So that that's that's the risk there. Right. Uh, what are some other big stories you've been wanting to talk about? Well, you know, there's a few. Um, one that's kind of troubling that you want to keep your eye on is, you know, in the Middle East, we've had in the Gulf there, we've had a lot of uh, attacks against Navy vessels and things like that. Um, there have been over 50 drones and 20 missiles shot down uh, by destroyers and other Navy vessels out there that are protecting not only themselves, but the uh, shipping traffic in the region. And there was one that just had, well, you would have to call it a close call. They a missile was fired at the ship, and it was the um, it got within a mile of the ship. So think about this, which in navy naval operations is very close. It's like already on you, yeah. yeah. Because if if that missile coming in is coming in so fast, if it gets within a mile of you, it's you're almost dead. Split it's, second response. Yeah, exactly. And so it was the USS Gravely. And they took the missile down with their close-in weapon systems. Uh, people might know them as the Phalanx, or they look like the R2-D2 thing oh, on board yeah, the yeah, ship, yeah. the white deal. So yeah. that what that is is a Gatling gun. Fires so many rounds a minute. It's like, well, it's it's sort of the same thing that the A-10 has on it, right? Oh, the nice. Warthog, right? Does it make the same cool sound? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Oh, nice. And so uh, it was within a mile. So you shot it down with basically 
a Gatling gun, a machine gun within a mile, at a mile. And so Man. that's crazy close. Yeah. Well, it's just it just goes to show you that it's dangerous out there. And I don't know, nobody knows, and the, well, the military knows, but they're not saying, how come it got within a mile? Why didn't you shoot it with down with a missile, or did a missile miss? They're just not saying. Yeah, yeah, and, and and to a certain extent, we don't want them to say. We don't want them to give away too right, much of our tactics and, and, exactly. and how we respond, because sometimes they're probing how you respond so they can try to defeat that. Very interesting. That actually ties in with something Congressman Michael Waltz had to say uh, as he's calling for the Secretary of Defense to resign. Stand by. This is the Montana Economic Minute. It was once said that the job of the Federal Reserve Bank in managing the economy is to take the punch bowl away just as the party gets rolling. That little joke reveals what's perhaps one of the biggest challenges for economic policy. Good policy is almost always unpopular, like bailing out banks, raising interest rates, or cutting back economic growth and pushing up unemployment. None of these actions are popular, but they've all proven necessary. The opposite is true as well. Bad economic policy is often tremendously popular. Sadly, it's all around us. Deficit spending by the federal government is hugely popular. Think about it. Since 1974, the federal government has run an annual surplus exactly four times. Over that same period, the re-election rate for the U.S. House of Representatives has dipped below 90% only twice. Cash payments from the government were popular, too. And we've seen what they've done to inflation. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies for Bozeman with high temperatures staying confined to the middle 40s, but partial sunshine expected for Billings with milder highs into the mid-50s. For tonight, staying dry for Billings, overnight lows to 34, but rain could mix with some snow showers late tonight for Bozeman, lows to 31. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Chicago. One of our soldiers in Afghanistan, Puerto Rican guy, he'd always say that. Uh, he's from Chicago. And, and I got to thinking, you know, after Thursday's Montana Talks, hey, hey, Friday. It's already Friday in Montana Talks time. We got a great show coming up for you Friday. I think we're going to have open phones for the full hour. Earlier this week, I mentioned this Jordan Peterson podcast about what they're doing to the farmers of Europe. Did any of you see that? I, I'd love to get your take. Open phones Friday, Montana Talks, 9 to 10 statewide. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. As CattleCon 24 continues here in Orlando, Florida, the Montana Stock Growers Association are continuing their efforts to expand producer profitability in the countryside. Stock Growers President John Grandy says it's an effort that not only Montana, but other states are following. Producer profitability is not a new idea. But what we do have to do is focus on what are the key areas and what critical areas are we looking at. And, and we've got a few areas that we've already identified that we're really going to be looking at. We're going to be scheduling meetings across the state of Montana and going out to talk to people to see what the people out in the country think and get their ideas. How do you reduce barriers to getting young people back on the ranch or, or people that didn't come from the ranch but want to get into ranching? How do you reduce those barriers? We get into government programs. There are some government financing programs for young producers. How do we make those more workable? How do we make it easier for the young producers to get in there? And from producer profitability to the latest cattle inventory report, they kind of go hand in hand here as of late. 
USDA this week noted a 2% decrease in the total number of cattle and calves in the United States as of January 1st compared to last year. That total comes in at 87.2 million head. Of note, a record low beef cow total of 28.2 million head was noted down 2% from last year. The report signals bullish prospects for the cattle industry. I'm Lane North Lund. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, so George was talking about just uh, how you have to be able to respond to this uh, attack on our naval vessels within seconds, split seconds sometimes. You have so little time to react. That actually ties in with something that Florida Congressman Michael Waltz had to say. So Florida Congressman Michael Waltz is a, a Green Beret Full bird, full bird colonel. He worked in the Pentagon uh, back under the Bush administration also uh, when he was still a full-time soldier, not as a, as a political appointee. So so he's seen, seen these things on the ground as a Green Beret and at the, the higher echelons. Um, but he was asked about uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. So Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was asked this question during a press conference yesterday. Uh, and then he basically doesn't even answer the actual question. Uh, but I'll play the question he received. And again, there was no response. And then I'll tell you what, what Michael Waltz had to say about it. Get George's reaction and more. You were hospitalized for days before you informed the White House or the commander in chief of your condition and your absence. Anyone else within the military chain of command would have faced reprimand or even dismissal. Why shouldn't that same standard apply to you, sir? So then he says, well, well, thanks for the question. And yeah, I screwed up, but didn't really answer the fundamental question is, wait a minute, anybody under your command would have faced repercussions for that. Okay, let's go to now. Um, this was on special report with Brett Baer yesterday. This is a Green Beret Colonel and Congressman Michael Waltz. I thought he should have resigned after the Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, frankly, for which there has still uh, been no accountability for. But in this case, it's a massive lapse of judgment. This isn't about one person's privacy. When you're in the in that kind of chain of command, uh, for example, Brett, if we, there's an ICBM, you know, a nuclear-tipped missile launched against us, we have 15 minutes to get everybody on, on the line, make a decision on how we're going to respond in a way that could or could not uh, destroy the entire world. And in this case, we had soldiers and sailors being shot at uh, while he was under anesthesia, uh, while his deputy didn't know. Uh, and so I would ask him, uh, and will ask him when we have a hearing, will he hold himself to the same standard that he would hold any commander uh, in the military that he oversees if they didn't tell their supervisor and if they didn't tell their deputy, much less the Secretary of Defense uh, sitting in the secession of command? All right, George Blackard, your thoughts. Well, I think it's a great point, but here's the one thing we know about Joe Biden and his cabinet is the rules don't apply to them. They're not going to hold themselves accountable, and they're not even going to hold each other accountable. But he certainly should have let somebody know where he was at and what was going on. Yeah, I, I, that's what I don't get. It's like he's very – I mean he was – was he a four-star general? I think he was a four-star yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I think so. so. He went all the way up the ranks. Now, you remember he's the same guy that, that John McCain basically admonished on Capitol Hill several years ago because he said that, that, this, that, that this guy was so wrong on, on American foreign policy and, and responses. 
but you know they they wanted to uh, check the 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 woke check boxes, so that's why he became the Secretary of Defense, is what a lot of conservative commentators have said. So so they put him in this position. But yeah, uh, the other thing is they actually tried to cover up the fact that he was put in the hospital. And he said in in one of his responses in his prepared statement, he said, "Well." I should have told the president. I should have told my my deputy. I should have told them that I was, you know, facing this cancer diagnosis. And he says, and I should have told the American people. I don't know if he necessarily needed to tell we the, we the American people. I mean, at some point he has to because he's the Secretary of Defense. But but I, I I think I think the Commander in Chief needs to know and and his deputies because they need to know. Like, man, if if all of a sudden he gets like what happened, sent to the hospital, minutes. and his key staff need to know, guys, if something happens with me, here's what happens. There is a standard operating procedure. Like, and and that happens throughout the military on a day to day basis. Why wouldn't it happen with the guy at the top? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody knows. Like, oh. Okay, I mean, if you are at Montana State University going through ROTC right now and you are doing your field training exercises and you are giving your five-paragraph op order, when you get to the command and signal portion of that, it says, okay, I'm six, but, hey, if I go down, George, you're the five, you become the six. You're now the, you're right. now the squad leader. You're now the platoon leader. You're now the commander. You're now the boss. He calls the shots. And if George goes down, then it's the next, then it's you, then it's you, then it's you. Everybody knows. I mean, that's just kind of like... Uh, Gatwa, where I'm going, others I'm taking with, uh, what to do if I don't return, actions. You know what I'm saying? It's a Absolutely, yeah. It, it was a major breakdown, a total failure all across the board. So, it, uh, but, w- you know, what do we do? We need to hold these people accountable and hold them to uh, higher standards. But how do we do that? Because it doesn't matter to the people that are making the laws and making the rules and running the show. If it doesn't matter to them. How are we going to make that change? Well, and it's just if, if you're Joe Sixpack, if you're private so-and-so or petty officer so-and-so, uh, the rules apply to you, but the rules don't apply to them. Washington, D.C. And, and the highest echelons of our government, we've seen that time and time again. All right, get our Fox News update in here, then back in 60 seconds. George Blackard, Freedom Friday. Uh, I tried to get to the cyber security, the China cybersecurity story in the six o'clock hour, but then we had that great phone call from Mark Lauder, so I had to interrupt it. So uh, I want to get back to that story. News. I'm Therese Crowley. Texas taking border security into its own hands and illegal migrant crossings are dropping while 70% of the migrants are now crossing in California and Arizona. As the Senate is about to reveal details of a negotiated border security package, GOP House Speaker Mike Johnson already wary. No idea who's come in, what, what terrorist cells are set up around our country, what they're plotting right now. On Fox Business, with concerns the package the White House wants would normalize migration at invasion levels. January began with a bang. The Labor Department Jobs report 353,000, far more than expected. And today at Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro. And Punxsutawney Phil brings glad tidings on this Groundhog Day, and early spring is on its way. Your local groundhog may vary. America is listening to Fox News. So we had a, a George, I, you might have missed it as you were, uh, you know, coming up the elevators or driving in this morning. But uh, so in the six o'clock hour, you know, it's 640 in the morning and, and I'm about ready to play this this story, this this audio that we had queued up yesterday and didn't get to I'm talking about uh, China and the cybersecurity threat against America. The FBI director was testifying on Capitol Hill about that very topic and had 
had some very uh, troubling uh, statements that that he shared with us. Um, and I was just getting ready to play that, and then I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." I thought that Mark Lauder, former special assistant to President Trump, was joining us at 8.40 Mountain Time. Uh, he thought he was joining us at 6.40 uh, Mountain Time and 8.40 Eastern Time. But So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing right now and go to Mark Lauder, uh, former special assistant to President Trump. So we did that in the 6 o'clock hour. But um, let me just play the shorter version of this clip. Uh, this is uh, this was on Fox News day before yesterday, following the testimony of the FBI director. FBI Director Christopher Wray says Chinese hackers are targeting the U.S. with potentially damaging cyber attacks. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines our transportation systems. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities. All right, there you go, George. Well, <laughs> I, should we just go to the VFW and just have a cold one and call it a day? I, you know what? I mean, golly, if it's I, all going south, I mean. <laughs> I tell you what. Well, keep in mind, this is the same Christopher Ray that runs the FBI that is... Uh, you know, accused of a lot of malfeasance when it comes to uh, the elections and, and oh, yeah. disinformation and all that. And he's the top guy. And not and they're throwing peaceful pro-life abortion protesters behind bars. But yet, if you're a Hamas terrorist supporter out there locking up the streets of our of our major American cities, nah, that's that's free speech. Well, every time that uh, they capture somebody or somebody does something bad, they're like, yeah, he was known to the FBI for the last 12 months or whatever. So I don't know. Do they just get to know these people and, and don't do anything? You sure hear that a lot. But it's 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 real. And so it's a real threat, and it's something that our government should be acting on and be very concerned about. And, uh, you know, I think there was a key uh, statement in there that said uh, when China attacks Taiwan, they're going to turn our lights out and our communications out and so they're prepping the environment one yeah. day you, well because that'll make us slower to react and and all that but uh one day if the lights are off and your phone doesn't work something across <laughs> the globe may be going on so for the kids out there watching your communist chinese tiktok videos if all of a sudden you can't access tiktok might be because china decided to just turn off all the lights, yeah. all the power. Delete that out now anyway. Then the kids will finally care about the communist Chinese because their their phones won't work. The Internet doesn't work. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess communist China is a threat then. There's a... Hey, I'll tell you what, if you guys missed Thursday's show in the 7 o'clock hour of Montana Talks, the great David Noble was in the house with us, usually every Thursday here on Montana Talks. We had a great conversation. We really talked about this story out of Glasgow, Montana. This child removed from her parents, put into a state care facility, and they're transitioning her. What's this, the real story there? We broke it down with great insight. Full audio on our Montana Talks podcast. Check out the app. Get it on your phone. This is a special. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
All right. There's a, a part two of that same soundbite. There was a gentleman uh, by the name of Michael Lucci who was on uh, Fox and Friends a couple of days. Or actually, it was, I think, very, very early yesterday morning talking about the FBI director warning about China and cyber attacks uh, undermining our energy, water supply, everything, you name it. Uh, there's a part two because he broke it down. Well, what would this mean if they actually did this? And so he breaks it down in a quick 60 seconds or less. I want to share that with you. But first, let's go to Mike in Big Timber, another uh, great veteran listener. Mike, thanks for calling in. Uh, you're welcome. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> did you mention that this um, uh, Mr. L- Boyd Austin, he was a former four-star general? I, I believe, yeah. Was I, re- I knew he was a general, but I, I thought, and I'm pretty sure he was okay. a four-star, right? Yeah. Okay, which is amazing to me there's must be over a hundred four-star generals up there when during the second world war we only had seven uh, yeah. quick question and we have the smallest military in 80 years but yet somehow we still have all these uh, all these generals and admirals huh <laughs> right um did you say there was going to be a hearing on this did uh, I believe so? I believe so. I'd have to, you know, uh, listen back in on the audio clips that I shared with you. But I believe I believe that Congress will be conducting hearings on this. If not, they should be. Could I make another quick comment? No, no. Of course you can. Go for it. No, go for it. <laughs> Yesterday you had a caller call in from Poplar. I believe his name was Denver. Yeah, Denver. He's the big Joe Biden uh, fan up in Denver. He was saying how every, how everything's just great under Joe Biden. And one of his neighbors in Poplar was like, uh, Denver, our community is being destroyed by the open border drug policies right now. What are you talking about, man? Well, I was hoping he's listening right now because he mentioned something. He said that the uh, president of the United States created 14 million jobs. The president of the United States does not create jobs unless it's 87,000 IRS agents or <laughs> other bureaucrats and paper pushers. It's, it's the business world that creates jobs. And well, so, and, and, and they've been lying on these jobs reports. Uh, just oh, like yeah. just like California hid the news for, what, seven months that they were in a recession and that they were facing a multi-billion dollar deficit. Tom in Billings earlier this morning mentioned the jobs report, and he said this, a great jobs report, if it's from a Democrat administration, we'll have to wait for the adjusted numbers that will be quietly posted next month for the sad reality. Right. That's what they constantly do. They say, oh, look at this jobs report. Look at how great it is. And then a month later, uh Quietly, yeah, we had to adjust the jobs report to reflect uh, the revised numbers. And the numbers actually weren't good, but but they quietly well, revised them. Well, the day before, there was the announcement that first-time unemployment claims rose to 225,000. That's first time and continuous at 1.9 million. And I'm saying to myself, how can the unemployment figure be as low as they're, they're touting? It's, it, they're just lying through their teeth. It's a shame that this administration does not know how to tell the truth. It really is a bad, bad uh, administration. Yeah, and, and how many people are coming out of retirement because they can't afford to pay uh, their bills on, because of Joe Biden and John Tester's policies? But, hey, look at these great jobs numbers because all these people had to come out of retirement to pay their freaking bills right now. What a sham. George, I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Biden yesterday was – He's blaming the grocery stores and the food companies for his inflation numbers. And now yeah. now the Democrats are saying that, well, because Walgreens is moving out of these 
these very dangerous communities that, that they're racist. They're racist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but. But the Democrats are the ones that created these weak on crime policies that are destroying these communities, that are putting these communities at risk. And the Democrats are the reason why services like grocery stores or pharmacies are pulling out of these urban communities. Oh, oh but it's not your policies that are racist. You're the ones causing the harm to these communities. Yeah, well, it's crazy. And that shows you how nuts some politicians are. When they blame everything on racism. Well, yeah, in that community, we know you're getting robbed blind. You're losing money. and uh, But you should still stay open anyway and let that continue to happen because you need to service or else you're racist. Well, and, and also the crime and the shoplifting that they're allowing to run rampant, that they're refusing to prosecute, that they're refusing to stop, especially in some of these larger corporations, that is also driving up prices for the rest of us. Because yep. if they're losing money... They're passing it on to the consumer. Absolutely. They're passing it on to the rest of us. So the more these people steal this stuff, the more they're going to make up prices that you and I will will do the honorable thing and pay, uh, which is why, you know, just hey, support local businesses, right? Uh, let's see. Okay, here's part two. So uh, FBI director warning about massive uh, uh, interference from China, massive uh, cyber Attacks coming from the communist Chinese. Here's what Michael Lucci, who runs an, an outfit that keeps an eye on, on China, what he had to say. The worst case scenario is that they could turn off our lights, damage our water treatment, and stop our cellular phone communications in the event of an invasion of Taiwan. And Director Ray said in 2027, they want to be able to invade Taiwan. To do that, they want to disrupt life here in the United States of America to break our will to respond to that aggression. So we've seen this in Texas, where I live. They've put malware onto our electric grid because they want to be able to shut it off. That's why the federal government and state governments need to speed and accelerate solutions to protect our critical assets here and to protect our citizens. And George, I think we also need to remind people, although our listeners get it, but there's some out there that may need to be reminded that when you don't have power or clean water or electricity, there's some ranchers out there that, that they know how to survive because they can go several days after a massive storm and they'll, they'll still figure out a way to survive. Uh, but folks in bigger towns, they do not know the chaos that, that would await just by losing those very things he just mentioned. I mean, think about the chaos when people couldn't find toilet paper. You're right. not going to be able to find anything. Yeah. And, and you don't have clean water and you don't have heat. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. So I'd uh, store up some water if I were you. <laughs> don't wait till the last minute because uh, once it happens, there's not going to be any left. So don't do that. But here's something interesting that goes along with that story, Aaron. Uh, Christopher Ray mentioned that he has one FBI agent for every 50 Chinese hackers. So each one is combating 50 different hackers. And someone pointed out to me the other day, they said, I wonder what the uh, FBI agent or not FBI agent. IRS agent ratio to American citizen ratio <laughs> is. So if it's 50 to 1 hackers threats to our country, what is how many IRS agents take, you know, how many people are they taking care of? Yeah. Or looking at yeah, or not taking yeah. care of, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and that's that's probably a bigger a bigger spread just for natural reasons and especially since most Americans are honest and do the right thing and then, and for most Americans taxes can be somewhat simple unless you're a small business owner or corporate where like okay here's my w2s you know yeah. it is what it is well <laughs> don't forget you know he he tried to uh 
hire what eighty two thousand more IRS eighty seven thousand eighty seven thousand. Yeah, so maybe maybe you need that to combat Chinese hackers. I think well instead I, of going after we the people. Yeah, I think that's the point. Yeah. So anyway, that that was brought up to me the other day. I was like, you know, that's a that's an interesting comment. And so I and those to- hackers could be hacking remotely from the Chinese mainland. But oh yeah, absolutely. Thousands and thousands of Chinese nationals, uh, military-aged males, well-funded, have flowed across our southern border, have invaded this country too. So how many of them? So think about the damage China can do remotely. How much damage can they do when they're actually here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. On the ground, on American soil. Yeah, and if they're working with other entities, other countries, other terrorists, which you know they would be, um, yeah, I think we're in for a, we could be in for a big surprise. Definitely. That. Yep. You got a couple other stories you wanted to talk about, George. Yeah, I, I quickly, there was, uh, everybody I'm sure heard about the three soldiers that were killed in uh, Jordan in that drone attack. There were 25 uh, service members wounded. Three of them were killed. Even more now, actually. National Guard uh, Association of the U.S. said over 40 National Guard troops were injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. injured. Yeah. yeah, so, but I wanted to point out, and I think this is important to to know, is the three soldiers that were killed, one was uh, Brianna Moffat. She was 23 years old. So two of the three were women. Yeah, and close friends, good friends. Yeah, and uh, Brianna Moffat was one of them. Uh, William Rivers, he was 46. And Kennedy Sanders, she was 24. So things have changed in our military, and now we have... Uh, women are in combat, and they're filling roles that they weren't allowed to do in the past. But I think it's worth knowing who uh, who died recently about that. And, uh, you know, that's uh, what did they say? Our troops have been attacked over 600-something times. And, I mean, that's nuts. It's crazy. It, it is. So It's crazy. With little to no response, I mean, Christina Wong, the national security correspondent for Breitbart News, says, yeah, Watch out, you know, watch out those those abandoned Connex trailers in Iraq better watch out because yeah. that's who Joe Biden's going to target in response. Well, and just, the military so, just a weak response. Yeah. He's bombing empty warehouses at night. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and still no sanctions put back in place against Iran, but he put sanctions in place against Jewish civilians in the West Bank. This episode is brought to you by Xfinity Mobile. Learn how existing customers can save hundreds when you buy one unlimited line and get one unlimited intro line free for one year. Plus, now through February 27th, ask how to get up to $800 off the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. Go to XfinityMobile.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Free unlimited line offer in March 21st. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds up to 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. News commentary. New polls show Donald Trump leading Joe Biden in several key swing states, but now is not the time to get cocky or complacent. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. 35 years on Wall Street taught me how to successfully invest in the stock market in my four-part series. I'm going to teach you, too. Some of Fox Business's finest join me to help tell my story, impart crucial lessons from my Unstoppable Prosperity book, and give you the tools to achieve your own financial dreams. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
A fresh set of polls from Bloomberg and Morning Consult show Trump beating Joe Biden fairly easily if the election were held today. Seven separate surveys out of the important swing states of North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Arizona show Trump beating out Biden and in some states by a comfortable margin. Now, this is great news for those of us who want to see Trump back in office and making America great again. But be warned, these polls that show the former president winning only account for that outcome against Joe Biden. I am still convinced Joe will not be the Democratic nominee. I believe that come August, in the DNC convention, the party is in for a major shakeup with Joe stepping down and someone else like Gavin Newsom stepping in. So as much as I'd like to celebrate and glisten with optimism at these polls, I don't think now is the time to get cocky or complacent. Trump winning this election is not going to be as easy as we'd like it to be. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can watch my show. Tommy Lahren is fearless at Outkick.com. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but many political observers concede that Congress is broken and angling for a record in futility. In fact, Congress has been stuck in the same groove now since last year, much like scratch vinyl on an old 80s turntable, repeating the same music over and over and over. Besides the three-week-plus leadership crisis in the House last fall, the needle of Congress has skipped through the same refrain of border security and government funding since last June, over and over and over again. Such is the case on Capitol Hill. Since last spring, the song remains the same. Most audio is now digital. Skips are a thing of the past. However, you can't take Congress back to the record store. It will forever be analog, not digital. Detractors often argue that Congress is broken and that criticism has sounded like a broken record for years now. A broken record for years now. A broken record for years now. Results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, uh, George has a, a good a good news story uh, here for us on Freedom Friday. You know, always like to talk about not just the big uh, the big news stories of the day, Amer- especially when it comes to American national security, but also just the good news stories out there. Uh, p- patriotic, pro-military, pro-law enforcement, just pro-Americans doing the right thing like most Americans do type of good stories. And so he's got one uh, to share with us here. But, George, we, let's get this, this one out of the way uh, here. Because I know you saw it and I saw it, so the um, one of the, the the parents of of one of the soldiers that was killed, uh, you know, one of the uh, the Army reservists out of Georgia, three were killed, three black soldiers from Georgia, and the one of the mom and dads they were on Fox and Friends yesterday morning, and oh man, it was just just uh, just heartbreaking to watch, but. You know, the dad had served in the military and they would just talk about how proud they were of their daughter and how much they miss her and how it hasn't even really sunk in yet. But that family got a phone call from Joe Biden. And and here's Joe Biden once again on a phone call with a Gold Star family that just lost their daughter who was just killed by these Iranian proxies. And Joe Biden repeats a lie that his son died in Iraq. My son spent a year in Iraq. Anyway, the, the, the audio is a little hard to hear there because that, the audio is actually uh, the mom is holding up her cell phone. She's on speakerphone and you can hear her crying and she's got tears streaming down her cheeks. 
Joe Biden just lies once again. His son did not die in Iraq. It's absolutely shameful. It is shameful, and that's such a slap in the face to that family right there whose uh, child did die overseas from enemy action. And and we all know that Joe Biden's son died here in the United States from brain cancer. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, But he can't that was the continue good son. to say Hunter that Hunter Biden's the other son, but that was the good son. And, yeah, as sad as it is, why would you lie about it? And, 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 and even on top of that, like, like Joe... You're there to honor this family in the midst of grief. It's not about you, Joe. Shut your mouth. It's not about you. Yeah. God, man. Yeah. Oh. You know, that, that's the way I feel every time I hear John Tester speak at a Memorial Day ceremony or something. Somehow he always turns it into, I've done this for you type me, of me, thing. Me, 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 I, yeah. I, I, exactly. instead of you and exactly. you and them. Yep. The people at the, underneath those grave markers right now. Good point. All right. Give us a feel-good story here All before right. we wrap up. So uh, from military.com. Uh, the headline, the Navy's naming one of its newest destroyers uh, after a forgotten black World War II hero. So uh, Petty Officer First Class Charles Jackson French, Charles French, he was in the Navy, got out in 1941. Pearl Harbor was bombed, so he went back and reenlisted. Back then, uh, black sailors served mostly as stewards or cooks, something like that. Um, his ship was sunk by three uh, Japanese ships. And as it was sinking, uh, the Japanese came over and started shooting all of the American sailors while they're in the water and uh, just trying to decimate everybody. Well, uh, Charles French found a life raft that had nothing in it, and he started towing it around, throwing wounded sailors in this life raft. One of them was an ensign, and the ensign said, the current is going to take us to that island over there, and we do not want to go there because there's a Japanese garrison there. So uh, French took a rope, tied it around his waist, and swam for eight hours towing that life raft with wounded sailors in it the opposite direction. So he saved all of their lives, kept them from uh, being captured. And, of course, we know what happened because that was Corregidor, and we know the Bataan Death March happened after that. So he saved their lives, and now they're going to name a ship after That him. is absolutely incredible. Man. He didn't earn a medal, goodness. though. Nobody gave him a medal no for medal. it. Well, you know, let's, unfortunately. let's fix that, too. Yeah, why not? It's never too late. There it's never too late to, to give those medals. Man, George, that was incredible. Thanks for uh, for bringing that for us uh, here this morning. Thanks, Aaron. All right, we've got Superintendent of Public Instruction, Elsie Arnson, in coming up after this. Hey, hey, Chicago. One of our soldiers in Afghanistan, Puerto Rican guy, he'd always say that. Uh, he's from Chicago. And, and I got to thinking, you know, after Thursday's Montana Talks, hey, hey, Friday. It's already Friday in Montana Talks time. we got a great show coming up for you Friday. I think we're going to have open phones for the full hour. Earlier this week, I mentioned this Jordan Peterson podcast about what they're doing to the farmers of Europe. Did any of you see that? I, I'd love to get your take. Open phones Friday, Montana Talks, 9 to 10 statewide.